Well, good morning, everyone. I felt the love from your lounge room. I can feel it. I can feel it. It is so good to see you this morning. It's been a while, hasn't it? And I know, like, I'm not there and I'm kind of weirdly in your lounge room and all of that, but it's just lovely to be... We're here. This actually what you can't see is this incredible team of people who bring this together. And uh, it, it really is incredible. It's lovely to be with you this morning and to bring uh, the word, open the word together this morning. So we're in a strange season. Can we agree on that? We are in a strange season. You would have heard the phrase unprecedented times. Well, we are living in unprecedented times. And uh, we've all had to make adjustments very quickly. I don't know if you're feeling like that. I'm feeling like whiplashed from 2020. Uh, just trying to keep up. And over this time, Pastors Rick and Naomi have, well, for the year, given us this theme of going deeper and stretching wider. And as I prepared for this morning, we, our teaching for the last few weeks has been from Ezekiel 47. And I need to tell you that as someone who's been preaching for a long time, I don't know if I've ever preached from Ezekiel. And if you're going to preach from Ezekiel, you preach from chapter 37. <laughs> But I really felt like God was saying this morning that we need to pause for a bit longer on Ezekiel 47, that there's more for us as a church to receive from this passage of Scripture. Ezekiel's one of the, the major prophetic books of the Bible. And uh, yeah, we find ourselves in Ezekiel 47 in, in the middle of this strange prophetic oracle. So that's where we're going this morning and we're going to pause there and we'll have fun there because that's what we do. But here we are at the 28th of June and uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but if I was to pick an emoji that captures how I'm feeling about 2020, it's going to be lady who shrugs, man who shrugs, this one. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to work it out. When I come before God, I'm like... What are you doing? What are you doing this year? What does this year even mean? What even, God? What even? Imagine if a year ago, if someone had said to us, airlines will be grounded, borders will be closed, grandparents will not be able to see grandchildren. Um, I think we would have said, nah, you're kidding me. That can't happen. And so quickly, we've gone, I know, you know, in my local, I had, um, I, I live in the Blue Mountains, and I had a bag to evacuate because of the fires at the front door for about four months. And from there, we went to floods. And from there, we've gone to COVID. And it only takes, you only need to put your phone on and look at what's happening on the earth, which you can find on social media, to see that we are, in a time, we're in a messy season on the earth. So, here we are, and I want to head into Ezekiel chapter 47, because even though this is a strange prophetic oracle, we can actually find ourselves and find our season on the earth in the middle of this story. So, let me give you a two-minute Bible history on this. From the period of kings in Israel, you have King Saul, King David, King Solomon, King Rehoboam. And under King Rehoboam, the Israelites, the 12 tribes, split in two. And the 10 tribes head to the north of Israel, and the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, head to Jerusalem and the south. 
In 722, Assyria invades the northern kingdoms and takes the 10 tribes and puts them into exile. They're, they're kicked out of their land. So this is a tragic portion of the history of Israel. But from then on, what happens in the southern kingdom is that they also get invaded. And in 586 BC, around there, the temple is destroyed and the Babylonians take um, what the remaining two tribes uh, and take them into exile. And the temple, the temple is destroyed. Now, this is huge. This is the temple that was built under Solomon. This spectacular, spectacular structure that is supposed to house, well, it does, it houses the presence of God. It's been destroyed. And Ezekiel is a priest in this time, a priest and a prophet. And you can imagine that if your life revolves around the temple and what's happening in the temple, Ezekiel's story was not working out as things were planned. What was supposed to happen was that the Jews were supposed to listen to all the warnings of the previous prophets so they'd never be exiled from their land. But they didn't, that didn't happen. So here Ezekiel finds himself exiled from his land, from the temple, and he's living in very uncertain times. Somehow in all of this, I find myself on the same page as Ezekiel <laughs> that we are living in uncertain times. So when Ezekiel writes, the temple's destroyed. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 to 2. And if you're reading at home, I'm reading from the message. And Ezekiel's being led by, it's, an, it's likely Jesus, could be an angel or Jesus. And it says, now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. The temple faced east. The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then took me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. First time I read this, I'm hearing like blah, 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 water, blah, 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 east, blah, 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 south. If you're feeling like that, I get it. Right? I'm with you. <laughs> I'm on that page. But actually, and this is the wonderful thing about the prophetic words, is if we dig a little deeper, if we dig a little deeper, we get to hit upon some profound foreshadowing that God is giving us about what he intends to do through the work of Christ. You see, in, old, uh, in ancient Jerusalem, there were pipes that were laid underneath the temple. And those pipes brought water in and sent water out, and they were used by the priest for sacrifices. So the water would come in, the priest would use that water for washing the sacrifices, and then it would go out into a common sewer. That's what Ezekiel knew, that's what he expected, that was his context for water. But suddenly, he's standing to the entrance of the temple, and the scripture tells us it's east, because it wants to give us an insight as to where the direction of the water is going, because it wants to give us an insight as to where it's coming from. And in order to flow from the east, the trickle of water has to be coming from the Holy of Holies. God's trying to point out that water is going to flow from his presence, and it's going out the front gate of the temple, and it's heading east. Okay, we'll look at the significance of that in a second. From there, though, the scripture tells us that water was coming south across the altar. The significance of that is that 
for a priest to conduct their duties now, if there's water coming south from the altar, the priest actually has to pass through the water. Now, what do we know about what Jesus says in John chapter 7, verse 38? He is the living water. So through Ezekiel, God is giving us this beautiful prophetic picture of what he's going to do on the earth through the cross. Right back then, he's bringing hope. And this was the purpose of Ezekiel. In uncertain times, I want to bring you hope. I want to show you that your hope lies in the living water and the living water is going to come out of the Holy of Holies. Exciting times. What do we know about the context that we're in? The church isn't the building. It was never the building. The church is you. The church is me. We're the church. Wherever we are, the living water flows out. It comes out from us. And Ezekiel was prophesying this years and years, 550, 70 BC. He's prophesying this to us and reminding us that living water will flow, that God has a plan. What's the significance of the eastward flow? Well, there's several, but I'm just going to talk about one. One of them is that when Jesus talked about the spread of the gospel, he said from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth, the spread of the gospel flowed in an easterly direction. It spread there first. And there's God faithfully giving them a glimpse of what he's going to do. In times of uncertainty... We can be certain that God has a plan, that we have an assurance in Jesus that is unchanging. It has been unchanging since the dawn of time. And you know what, church? We can just walk confidently. We can walk confidently. And I say that knowing how hard that is. It's like, really? When you say walk confidently, confidently, (laughs) do you not know what's just happened in the world? Do you not know what's happened in my job? Do you not know what's happening in my family? Well, I don't. But the point of this is not that I know, but that God knows. And in the middle of a hopeless and uncertain time, for for the nation of Israel, God's got a plan. And that plan involves Jesus. And as long as we've got the living water in us, that living water is going to flow out. And what happens when there's living water? Things grow. Things flourish. Exciting times. All right. Ezekiel 47, 3 to 7. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. I actually won't read all this. He went from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep. And then... He's in a river, he's over his head, and the water is, it, you have to swim. To stay, to stay in this water, you have to swim. And God says to him, son of man, so Ezekiel, have you had a good look? Look around, the water's too deep for you to swim in. Then he took me to the riverbank, and while I was sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. He said, this water flows east descends to the Arabah, then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. When it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh. Where the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish, because the river is turning the sea salt into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. You know, what's interesting about this passage, there's a picture of the Dead Sea. If you could just put that up, that would be fantastic. What surrounds the Dead Sea, the Arabah, going down to the Dead Sea, 
This is, it's desolate. And the waters of the Dead Sea, I've actually swum in the Dead Sea. It's the strangest experience. It doesn't feel like fresh water. Um, it's, I, I haven't felt anything like that in any other body of water that I've ever been in before. It's this strange feeling. It's over-mineralized water that nothing can grow in. And so when God's saying to Ezekiel, it's going to bring life in the Dead Sea, what he's reminding him of is that there is no desolate, barren wasteland in our lives that the living water cannot touch. There's no wasteland that it cannot change. There's no place that it cannot produce fruit. Even in the Dead Sea, God has a healing and restoring plan for us. So let me encourage you if, you, if you're sitting at home this morning or wherever you are, and there are barren and desolate places in your life, and I say that as someone with barren and desolate places in my own life where I need God to move, we can be encouraged by the fact that the living water flows and that it flows into places that are barren and lifeless and brings life. We can rest in that assurance. We can go forward confidently. When we feel a lack of confidence, we have an assurance. The living water is flowing and the living water is going to go into places that are otherwise dead and barren and it promises. The promise of the cross is that it brings life to what it touches. Yay for us, I say. Yay for us. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Ezekiel 47, 11 to 12. The swamps and the marshes won't become fresh. They'll stay salty. Well, you know, if there's no fresh water, if there's no moving water... I'm sure we've all been in a marsh or two in our time. It smells, it stagnates. That's what we see in the areas of our life where maybe we haven't allowed a living water to flow from. So that's a great opportunity for all of us. But also it doesn't take much to look around at our communities and our world and see places that need living water flowing through them. Guess who brings the living water to places? We do. We do. The church was never the building. The church is us. We've got to be reminded of that. We are the church. Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he sent the church out. He said, go, go into all the world. What exciting times we live in right now on the earth. I think in the uncertainty, there is great encouragement for us. You know, uh, in 2011, National Geographic published an article. And what it said was that... Scientists had discovered, and you can look it up online, at the bottom of the Dead Sea, these pockets of fresh water. Now, the Dead Sea is cut off. There's no fresh water running into it now. They found fresh water coming from underneath the Dead Sea. They had to go down deep to get it, but they found um, springs of fresh water. And around those springs of fresh water, in a sea where nothing is supposed to grow, nothing is supposed to live, nothing is allowed to flourish, guess what was happening? Things were starting to grow. Take that confident assurance for your life that where there is living water, God has plans for restoration. He prophesied it for you in Ezekiel 47. It's one of the places. There are so many more throughout Scripture. God's got a plan to restore whatever it is in your heart right now, whatever comes to mind, whatever you need, God's got a plan to restore it through the living water. All right, now, Ezekiel 47, 3 to 7, I want to go back here. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. 
then leading me through water that was knee deep, water that was waist deep. By now, it was over my head, water to swim in, water that could, no one could possibly walk through. When I was 19, uh, my church sent a group to the Philippines on a missionary trip. We sent basketball teams and drama groups, and I was in the drama group, yay, drama group. And we went out to the island of Palawan, which is just so beautiful. And from the island of Palawan, in close um, vicinity, are all these other beautiful, untouched islands. So on our day off, the team was taken by boat out to this remote island. And uh, I've been to lots of beaches, as we all have living in Australia, but I've never been to one like this. The water, the sand was pure white, and the water was like crystal green water. And we landed on the island, all, you know, all the group of young people were all excited, and we know this is a special thing that we're getting here, to be taken to this untouched remote place. And as we landed on the island, our guide says to us, there's a typhoon coming in. Now, yeah, typhoons are not really my frame of reference. So basically, internally, I feel like running around screaming, we're all gonna die, but you have to hold it together. You don't want your friends to judge you, so you hold it together. But I'm like, we're all gonna die. He says, don't worry, it's coming through and it will go quickly, which is characteristic of some of those kind of storms. So the rain came in while we were standing in this beautiful beach water, clear as anything. And the rain from the typhoon was so strong that it felt like pins poking into your skin. Two, three, five minutes, it passed through. And we were left going, what just happened? Oh, look at the pretty beach, let's get on with things. <laughs> so we stepped out into this water. Um, we'd, we'd sort of been in the shallows for the typhoon and the water was beautifully warm. And we went deeper and we went deeper and we went deeper and you could see the bottom of the, of the um, ocean floor. It was just spectacular. Even as it got deeper, it was so clear you could see the ocean floor. Until we got about 50 metres out. And at 50 metres out, something happened. And it was, it was like this beautiful white ocean floor. If you took one more step, if you got to 50.1 metres, the bottom of the ocean fell away and there was this dark, cavernous, black space. And I remember watching me and person after person getting to this point and stopping because we'd just been in a typhoon. So when you've just been in a typhoon, basically everything's going to kill you. So you get very cautious, right? But I watched what happened. We all got to this point and we stopped. And no one was brave enough to go any deeper at that point. In Scripture, we see God leading Ezekiel into the deeper waters. And what's significant about that is that he doesn't dump him in the deep end. He's not thrown there. He's led there. And as I pondered that, I began to think, for our church at this time, what's one of the risks of this season? We've got the deep water. We've got the waist deep. We've got the knee deep. We've got the ankle deep. We've got riverbanks on both sides where we're promised that we're gonna produce incredible fruit, like God promises that to us in our families, our relationships, our communities. Those things are, you know, they, they're given to us with the promise of the living water. What would be a risk for us? A risk for us would be that we'd be a church with one foot on the riverbank 
enjoying the blessings that come with loving and knowing Jesus, but one toe in the water. And that's where we stay and that's where we're comfortable. Now I know and you know that we are not that church. We are a church that is willing to step out <laughs> into that chasm of the unknown. Now there's always one person um, on the typhoon adventure, there was one person who takes that leap. <laughs> and then everyone realizes it's okay, we're all not gonna die if we swim in the deeper water. But because of the typhoon, we could have not ventured out because we were scared of what we'd just been through. And I wanna say this morning, let's be people that aren't restricted by what we've just been through, that aren't contained by the uncertainty of what is happening on the earth, that choose not to be fearful, that choose not to get to the edge of what's seen and what's visible and what's comfortable and not go any further. We're in uncertain times. We've got to take the leap into the deeper waters knowing that God is with us. We sing this, we sang it this morning. He is for you, he is for you, he is for you. It means that you're not in the end where you can't swim without God right with you. He's got you, he's going to walk with you. Where the living water flows, he brings life. Let's be a church that is in the living water. As I finish this, I, I just wanted to encourage you. I really felt like this morning that, that there's people who are sitting at home and you're listening to this and you're going, I have let God take me into deeper water. And I wanna just say to you, yes, you have. And God has seen that and he knows that and he sees your intention and he has seen your faithfulness. The Bible tells us in Acts of Cornelius that his prayers and his good deeds had come up before the Lord as a remembrance. God sees, he sees what's in your heart and he knows that many of you have been, okay, God, I'm going deeper with you. I'm not content with one foot on the shore and one foot ankle deep. I'm going out deep. He sees it and he's so pleased. He is so pleased and don't doubt the fruitfulness and the blessing that is gonna come because you've chosen to step deeper into the living water. Go ahead confidently. Amen? Yeah? Look, I'm gonna pray for you and just finish this this morning. Wherever you are, you know, if you're sitting there and you're going, God, I wanna go deeper with you, but I'm scared. You know what? We're all scared. It's common to all of us, but be part of, step into the living water. Let it flow from you and know that God is faithful. He won't abandon you up the deep end. He will lead you and He will guide you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, for everyone this morning who is, who is watching and who is seeking you and seeking more of you and desires to go deeper with you, I just pray that you will meet them right where they are. I thank you for the love of Jesus that has extended to us right through time, Lord, your promise for restoration, for, for to rebuild, Lord. You're in the restoration business. And I thank you that we can rely on your love and we can rely on your restoration. So God, continue to do your work in us. Help us to be the church that chooses to enjoy the blessings of the river, but God, to live right at the deep end. I thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, I hope you have a spectacular Sunday and we know that the service is over, but church continues. 
Have a great week.